the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the tagger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rushed out of the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, he caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 19th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewinner, alongside me Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Gentlemen, good morning. Good, good morning. morning to you. How are we doing on this Friday morning? Doing pretty good. Uh, sadly, the uh, first time we put the uh, Parker's Picks whiteboard up on the board, we got 0 for 3. But yeah, it's a tough look up there right now. Yeah, definitely not the uh, best look, but there is a beautiful John Madden quote on the board this well, morning. Well, so. read us that John Madden quote. All right, so we, we've implemented a new quote of the day here on Panhandle Sports Live. A sport, your sports quote to get you motivated here on a Friday morning. So today's quote is, always be a winner. Stand for something. Always have class and be humble. From the man... Rest in peace, the late John Madden. Look at that. And I'm not see- hearing too many uh, initial bad reports about the new Madden video game. Actually, pretty surprising. It's usually people, you know, that comes out and then people immediately say how awful it is. I just can't believe he stole that quote from Kendrick Lamar. Be uh, humble. Come on. What are we <laughs> doing humble. here, John? Be humble, man. <laughs> a little plagiarism. But have you have you played any of the new... Uh... Yeah. Well, what do you think? <laughs> it's a... Go on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> More, please. please. Answer the question. Yeah, it's it's fun. I've enjoyed it. So what I've seen so far while playing it, it definitely seems like a lot of people. Well, what's effective this year? A lot of people like to run man, the man blitz, which I think it's pretty fun. I don't know why, but it's just kind of fun. It's more realistic to the NFL. You got to get the ball out quick. You got to avoid pass rushers, and they're going to get in two two and a half seconds. So I guess my best strategy is getting in tight formations, throwing corner outs. Who's so. the uh, is Derrick Henry the cheat code again this year? Yeah, Derrick Henry's pretty bad. Yeah. I actually faced him last night. He's pretty he's pretty rough. Oh, what's your early Madden record looking like? I'm pretty good. I think I am in like the uh, big competitive thing that they do. I think I'm eleven and four. Not bad. Are you a Madden guy, Luke? Uh, I have it, but I mostly play franchise mode. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy that annoys yeah, yeah, people yeah. when I go online <laughs> as the Raiders and do like all this power run stuff and chew the clock because everybody's got those money plays. Where they throw the ball 60 yards downfield with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. That's not realistic. You know, let's See, have some it, fun it, with it. But the thing is, yeah, it's, but it's a video game. Yeah, you're right. It's harder right. to do that this year, though, from what I've noticed because it's just they put in a new uh, system into the game. So where it's it like you can't just throw the same money play, run the same thing over and over again. The AI picks up on it after a while. So. I, I had some old beater stuff out of like cover three and stuff like that. It's not as it's not as effective as it used to be just because the system kind of like the it's not like eh, eh, with the cuts. <laughs> yeah. can, can you do that again for our audio listeners? So, so, so with a eh, that first eh is going up and then the second eh was cutting inside to the field <laughs> to give you a, to give you an illustration of what's going on here. I guess I need I need my own uh, Parker's Illustrator, <laughs> a la John Madden up there. So yeah, it's harder to do those type of things with it and then. Yeah, for the most part, it's just been just been pretty fun. I've enjoyed it for the most part in this initial week or so I've had the game. So, so I'm still rocking last year's, and I took the uh, New Jersey or New Jersey, 
the New York Jets uh, in my face franchise thing to uh, wild card. Got got beat in the wild mm-hmm. card to the Raiders, but you know as so it should goes. be. So it goes, yeah. That, so that should be a little bit more realistic. Maybe not the Jets going to the wild card, but realistic <laughs> nonetheless. Now uh, you guys were out and about uh, watching a little high school football. Berkeley Springs was uh, down in Northern Virginia at a scrimmage yesterday. Yes, they were. They were scrimmaging Clark County, Virginia, one of the better double-A schools in the state of Virginia. So it was a good outing for Coach Terry Ray and the guys. They got a lot of good reps in against a really tough Clark County team to get ready for next Friday's home opener against Petersburg. So it's going to be exciting. Coach Ray was Coach Ray was pleased for what he saw, I think, overall, and definitely building up towards that next week against Petersburg, which he's hyped up big time. And if you're out in the Berkeley Springs area, come on out. Enjoy it. And you were able to catch up with Coach Ray after the scrimmage. Here with Berkeley Springs High School head coach Terry Ray. Coach just got done scrimmaging Clark County up in Virginia. What's your uh, initial thoughts after that? We had some good, we had some bad, and we had some ugly. We're going to have to improve on some stuff this week and get ready for Petersburg. Now, the last few weeks of practice with having to deal with heat and school getting ready to start up, how have you been conditioning your team to get with that? Uh, We've been conditioning. We started practicing afterwards. Us teachers reported back on Monday, so the kids now are back to the acclimation of that 3 o'clock, 3.30 practice going to about 6 o'clock. We're still busting our butts. This week we had a short week of practice because we chose to scrimmage on Thursday. So we had three days because Monday we went ahead and watched film and stuff and broke stuff down from the week before. You mentioned earlier in the offseason that this Petersburg game week one coming next Friday is going to be a big benchmark for this Indians team come this 2022 season. What's the mindset going into this week? Every game this year is going to be a benchmark game for us. We're taking it one at a time, one and oh. Right now it's Petersburg. This one we put on our schedule last year because we let this get away from us. We're not going to take Petersburg lightly. Uh, Coach Evans' team's always tough. We're going to be in a slobber knocker. Now notice as well, quarterback competition still seems to be in full effect between Connor Duvall and Aiden Kane. So I'm about to get even amount of snaps with the first team so does either one of them have an edge right now or is it still wide open in the air coming for week one we're probably going to use both of them very interesting now as well as Tommy Ross he will not be eligible for this football season how is that loss dealt with this Indians team and how are you looking to rebound from not having Tommy on the field with how great of an athlete he is uh, losing Tommy is is big to us but we have had to move on from it uh, we're getting better each day we have guys that need to step up and take that leadership role over and produce stuff for us now, defensively, I saw some good reps on the defensive line, got a couple sacks, got a lot of good pressure against a really good Clark County team today. So how's the defense looked overall in practice this offseason? Uh, we've looked pretty well. Uh, we've gotten better uh, today. A couple missed tackles here, a couple missed tackles there. Couldn't get off the field a couple times on third down. We're inches away. We just got to play better. I got to coach better, plain and simple. Speaking into coaching, you will be entering your second full season as head coach of the Indians. This next Friday coming up against Petersburg, you'll step on to Indian Field beginning that second full season. What do you want to say to Berkeley Springs football fans on what to expect for this 2022 football season? It's going to be fun. Come on out. We're going to support your community and represent the best we possibly can, and it's going to be fun. We're here to win football games and do the best we can and represent Berkeley Springs to the finest. Gang, head coach Terry Ray with Berkeley Springs High School. Coach, we're excited. Excited to bring it to you once again. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. I can see you guys on Friday. Again, coach, a little bit optimistic looking into this season, and it's a little bit of a rebuild, too. And I would, well, I'd actually say now with time or not, you know, on the team, really, I guess this year, I would say it's a full uh, rebuild year now. So, what did uh, what'd you see there, Parker, from yesterday? Yeah, definitely, as Coach Ray alluded to, I, I don't think either Kane or Duvall really separated themselves in the quarterback competition for the most part. Both There was a lot of pressure coming from Clark County. The offensive line had some trouble picking up some of those. Clark County sent a lot of pressure, a lot of six-man, a lot of seven-man blitzing throughout them. It was difficult for the line to pick it up, and there was I don't know if some like blocking issues going on or something was going on with the line that day. But, 
yeah, the pressure was big. Not a lot of time to get the ball out. I noticed a lot of maybe holding the ball too much. A couple of good runs for both the quarterbacks. I've seen them run a little bit. So I would honestly say maybe more of a running scheme for Berkeley Springs this year instead of a passing game because Coach Ray loaded to when we had him on the show earlier. He said he was wanting to go 60-40, probably passing, maybe bring a little bit maybe closer to a 50-50. But if from what I saw, they're not going to have a passer like Gavin Barkley was last year. It's just they're not going to have a guy who can sling the ball like that. If neither one of these quarterbacks are, can pull the trigger and throw the ball when before the pressure gets there, they're going to have to turn to a run team. That's when they're going to have to turn to Carlester Allen out of the backfield. He had a couple good reps out of the backfield, played corner for him yesterday. And the line looked pretty good. Defensive line looks good. Their pressure looked well. That's probably the best facet I saw out of what was shown against Clark County. And, yeah, definitely I know they're going to bring it against Petersburg next Friday. It's a big game. A lot of those guys who are returners really want that game back because that was a game they should have won. That's a game that would have put them in the playoffs last year if they would have won that one. So a lot of optimism right now. I'm going to see how this two-quarterback system for the Indians works, and I'm very intrigued to see coming next Friday. And these two preseason games were by design. Uh, he wanted his team to get punched in the mouth. Clark County was 10-2 and last year uh, and a 2A Virginia powerhouse, and he knew that coming into this game. And we talked about the quarterback competition, and you're right. They weren't able to differentiate themselves from each other, but neither of them had any time to throw. Yeah. So they really didn't have a chance to distance themselves. Both started to figure out how to read the blitz, scramble into the second level, make plays with their legs, extend plays, pick up a couple of first downs that way. Uh, but there were some problems in the offensive line. Uh, again, there, there was a lot of free rushers. Of the times that the quarterback got hit, 75% of the time I'd say it was by a free rusher. So that's something that just blocking assignments need to change. Didn't get to see much out of their wide receivers because, again, mm-hmm. they threw the ball three or four times. Yeah. Defensively, they got off to just a horrific start. Two drives, four plays, two touchdowns. They get gashed. But that defensive line started to learn, pick up on the pre-snap motion. They started to get interior pressure on Clark County and then set the line of scrimmage. The defense, I think, just from the start of that scrimmage to the end, grew exponentially from a team that couldn't stop anything to a team that forced punts. They had an interception that looked good. The few Mm -hmm. times that Clark County threw the secondary looked pretty good, which from what I understand was a bit questionable last year. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there were good things from the defense against the team. And let's be honest with ourselves, it's significantly better than them. The defense got a lot better. The offense started to learn a little bit, but there's still some growth there. But that was, again, all by design, playing a very, very talented team. Well, looking here at the Coldfields and Code uh, 2A preseason rankings, well, they have Berkeley Springs sitting at 17. So... I mean, of course, this is a preseason scrimmage against teams that, you know, were better than them. And going into the games, they knew they were going to be better than them. Do you think that 17 might still hold? Or do you think maybe just off your uh, what you saw yesterday that might be that might go up a little bit, down a little bit? I think that all depends on how the quarterback plays for Berkeley Springs this mm-hmm. year. And that's what it boils down to. If I don't know if one of these guys is going to solidify themselves throughout the season and they go with them. Well, it, it from what Coach Ray sounds like he said, neither one of these guys have separated themselves, so they're just going to roll with both of them and if one, and roll with the hot hand, it sounds like. yeah. So it all depends on the quarterback play, in my opinion. If somebody can settle in and throw the ball effectively and the guy step up, because while t- losing time here is going to be really tough, they have Gavin Young, who's only a sophomore. He was ranked in the top 25 of receivers in the state but of West like Virginia. like Luke said, you got to get to him. Exactly, yeah. that, and that's the biggest key right there. If you can get the ball to Gavin Young in the passing game, You've got potential there, and I think you can get in. you got a lot of returners on your line. The, like we mentioned before, the secondary looked very improved from where it was last year. There is potential there, and I think it all comes down to the quarterback play and how and who's going to step up with Tymey Ross now out of the lineup for the Indians. Is it going to be a freshman coming up? Or is it going to be somebody who can make a Gavin Young type of impression like he did last year? 
And I think that's what it boils down to if the Indians want to get into the playoffs this year. And again, you can tune into every Berkeley Springs Indians football game over on our sister station. You can hear uh, Parker Stone with every Berkeley Springs Indian football game over at 92.9 WXDC. And speaking of Colt Fields and Co., they put out their AAA rankings uh, uh, about 22 hours ago, as I'm looking at it here on Twitter. And uh, Martinsburg at number one, Jefferson at number six, uh, Washington at 18, Hedgesville at 24. So uh, in terms of the panhandle schools here, fellas, what do you think? Uh, how do you think? think they uh, kind of shake out there with the triple a rankings and like you said uh, yesterday parker uh, they're a little bit higher up on washington than you know our poll was when we put it out well and, and muscleman at nine is yeah, an interesting one here yep. as well uh jefferson at six muscleman at nine so as it stands um and martinsburg as well there'd be three playoff teams coming out of the epac uh with washington on the outside looking in and like you said they're much higher on hedgesville at 24 um and spring mills at 26 um so they had it in the sense that the top three that we feel are going to be the top three uh, in the playoffs as well. Uh, but Washington right on the outside looking in. A lot of that has to do, to, admittedly, with Washington's schedule. Mm-hmm. I think they have one of the easier schedules in the EPAC. And then they're also coming off of a 5-5 five and five season. Got to see some highlights from their scrimmage. They look really good defensively. They fly to the football. I wasn't able to see much of their offense and, you know, hashtag fear the wing. We're all ready to fear the wing. <laughs> I know, I'm ready to see it. <laughs> um, but they're making some noise in the preseason that's garnering them a lot of attention and justifiably so from Coalfields here. I think Hedgesville should feel the most slighted from this. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns. They're changing their scheme. They've got some new wideouts. They've got a quarterback that's going to open up play this year and Ruest that's going to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. But all the way down at 24 is a bit disrespectful for them. And then Spring Mills at 26. It's more so that we just don't know. Mm-hmm. We know that Anderson and Keon Mills are good. Uh, early reports when we had Daniel Woods on is that offensive line looks experienced for an offensive line that's brand new. Um, but there's a lot that we don't know about. So I, I don't think that I would feel too disrespected if I was Spring Mills because the rest of the state just has no idea. But the rest right. of this shook up pretty well. Yeah, and the top 10 pretty much shakes out like it normally does. Martinsburg, and from 1 to 10. Martinsburg, Huntington, Cabell, Bridgeport, Spring Valley, Jefferson, GW, Hurricane, uh, Musselman, and University. So uh, pretty much normal the top 10, but I agree. I think people just, they just don't, they haven't seen enough of Spring Mills yet uh, to really get a full grasp of it. But stick around. we got more uh, to talk about, especially a little West Virginia soccer, even though a little bit of a, would you call it a disappointing beginning to the women's season? I yeah, would. A disappointing yeah. beginning uh, to W women's soccer season. We'll talk about that after the break here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. Welcome back to Paint Handle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewinner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We did a little football talk. Let's do a little soccer talk now because, well, the nationally ranked West Virginia Mountaineers women's soccer team, they got started yesterday at home, and, well, it was a nil-nil draw. So, uh, Luke, what was that? Was that a disappointing start to the season for the uh, Lady Mountaineers? Yeah, I absolutely think it was. You know, they missed the postseason, the NCAA tournament, for the first time in 20-something years, I believe for the first time, under head coach Nikki Izzo-Brown last year. Uh, bring in some high-profile transfers coming into this year with expectations, even though they're not ranked in the top 25. And then they draw to Indiana. They outshoot the Hoosiers in this game 12-3, to four shots on target to Indiana's solo shot on target. So they were the better team, but you wouldn't know it by looking at 
the end of this game because in the end uh, you'd call it sharing a point in in England but it doesn't really lead to much for this team in the end some newer faces Emily Thompson and it looks like Isabel Lowe's is wearing the number nine this year had one shot that was on goal I heard good things about uh Delari Heredia Beltron who was really good on the wing last year as a freshman Maddie Moreau was a new name uh to keep an eye on as well and then some of the regular returning faces Keza Massey was great between the sticks and Jordan Brewster continues to be one of the best young defenders in the country so disappointing that you weren't able to get a win in this game especially when you put 12 shots towards the net and four shots on target um but there's a lot of talent on this team aj rodriguez got to start uh she's really pacey can play really at all three levels if she wants to she's wearing the number four this year so playing in the back line um so there are things that you like but again disappointing that you don't pick up the win and we got some local soccer today we do uh out of nowhere I found out that Martin Spriggs playing Bridgeport at noon. <laughs> so, like, low-key yeah. a huge game for I know, a scrimmage. It's, it's a big game. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think it's a scrimmage. I think it's a regular. This oh. is very unofficial, and I apologize for not knowing, but it shows up as a regular season game on the EPAC website. Really? So I'm going to oh. go I'm go over there and find out. Uh, go, go to the EP News Network uh, Twitter page, and I will report back with what I know. <laughs> I know. You were just kind of like, hey, uh, I saw that Bridgeport coming down here to play Martinsburg today. Did you know about it? I was like, I didn't know about it. <laughs> like, yeah, just saw it. But that's because I was like, man, if it's still a scrimmage, that's pretty uh, impressive that they were able to, you know, get the Bridgeport that's what, two hours away, I guess, yeah, from here, two and a half. School's back, is it not? Or is it next week? I think next week. Okay. So yeah. It's, yeah. Right. Well, it's a word because uh, here there's so many different school districts that start at different times. I know different parts of Maryland, they still got like a week left, but other parts of Maryland, they've already been going for a week. Virginia, same thing. Different parts of West Virginia. Well, I will be there. So we'll find out what <laughs> yeah, it we'll is. Find, nonetheless, one way or another, we'll find out. And off topic, real quick, I was scrolling through Twitter here. Uh, James Harden, of course, everybody uh, has been getting on James Harden for his weight and his that laziness the last couple of years. Fake, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, the picture of him working fake. out. Wow. There's no way it's fake. That's he looks fake. like he weighs about. Look at his arms. I know those are not regular people arms. So he looks like he weighs about a hundred pounds. He looks like he's a Rust character. You know, like he, just... <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Oh, speaking of uh, video games, by the way, we were talking about Madden yeah. uh, downtown. Replay Gaming just opened up. I don't know if you guys saw that at all. Mm -mm. It's yeah. like a, a gaming lounge where you can. Uh, there's like real nice gaming computers in there. There's mm. consoles there. I think they're going to start doing tournaments and like leagues and stuff for different games. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Maybe there's like a show or Madden. We should do it. We'll have to do 2K. an esports segment. That would be cool. If they have a Madden tournament, we'll go down there and commentate. Yeah. If you're listening, what's it? What is it? Resales. Replay games. Replay games. Yeah. Replay we'll, games. We will commentate your Madden tournament. Heck yeah, that'd be so cool. Well, esports have gotten so big nowadays. I mean, I like to play Rocket League uh, when I get the chance to get on the uh, sticks, if you will. And they just had RLCS um, the other day over the weekend, and it was in like a huge arena jam-packed with people out in Vegas. So these uh, esports these e things have gotten uh, pretty big, that is for sure. But real quick, we'll talk about uh, this Jefferson wide receiver, Spencer, Spencer Powell, uh, picked up an offer from, well, Mercyhurst, which is a pretty good uh, offer there from him. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, there's a lot of talent uh, with him and Robinson. Isaiah Fritz as well are all going to start garnering attention in college offers. Uh, so Powell picks up an offer from Mercyhurst, is in the EPAC conference. His teammate, um, Andrew Connors, a defensive tackle, picks up an offer from Minnesota West Community College. And those are good offers to get at this point in the season because you only you know it's only going to go up from here yep. if, yeah. if you play as well as I think Jefferson will. Now, we talked about with Berkeley Springs, somebody's got to get their guys to football we don't know who Jefferson's quarterback is yet. I'm excited to watch them scrimmage tomorrow and find out who that quarterback is going to be and can he get these wide receivers the football. Um, but shouts to both of those guys. 
uh, one picking up a D2 offer and the other from a junior college. And uh, we're excited to watch them play this year and do great things. Hey, an offer's an offer, man. It is. No matter where it's go. from, it's playing at the next level. But stick around. Uh, we come back, we'll talk about the Orioles, who took one on the chin last night to the Cubs, but they continue on what they said against the Red Sox with a special game on Sunday. So stick around, we'll talk about that here after the break on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewarner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Well, as you all know, we are, well, one of the oldest carriers of Baltimore Orioles baseball right here on the Panhandle News Network. And while the Orioles, they're hot right now, but they took one on the chin last night with a 3-2 loss to the Cubs as they uh, get ready for a three-game set at, well, two-game set at home against the Red Sox. Then the last game of that set is going to be up in Williamsport, PA, for the uh, Little League World Series MLB game. So... Three to two loss to the Cubs. Cubs not that good this year either. I mean, is this just a, a average, you know, middle of August loss on it? Well, a day that was supposed to be an off day. I mean, it was a makeup game. So, I mean, I'm not putting too much kind of pressure on that one, but they got to win this series with the losses that they've had the last couple of games. Well, it's back to back games that their bullpen bullpen has blown a game. You know, Crabio comes in and they leave him out for another inning, which is just not a good thing anymore. I understand that you're playing so many games in so many days, you're trying to stave arms, but they bring him out for a second inning of work. He gives up two runs. Uh, the Orioles were winning 2-1 to one at that point, and then he blows the lead. Baker comes in, it's too late. I mean, the fact that you've only scored three runs over your last two games is something else that's concerning when you look up and down this lineup that Mountcastle, Santander, and Urias, the three, four, five hitters, combined to go, what, 0-10? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, that's incorrect. One for 10, or two mm-hmm. for 10. Wow. Um, but your bullpen blew it again. And yep. again, this team's traded their closer. They really like Bautista, but he's moved into the closer role like the traditional closer role, which means they're not using him in high leverage situations before the ninth. So they've got to find who that second and third setup guy is going to be because the bullpen could decimate this team after being the most successful facet of it in the middle of their winning streak. <sighs> I mean, and they, 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 they didn't do anything to, you know, power up their bullpen at all. I guess they were just kind of letting it ride, but I don't know. It's the, these are the games that you got to win. These games against teams that, you know, aren't that good. It's the, the series, like when they go out and they win the series against, uh, you know, the Blue Jays, that's where it's like, whoa, what's really going on? And then they come out and then they look like a, you know, Orioles team that we've been watching for so long. But I think that this, um, well, do you think that, again, they weren't supposed to play last night. They end up, or it was supposed to be an off day. They end up playing last night. Now they have kind of a weird split homestand where they have to go like two hours north to Williamsport for one of the games. Do you think this could kind of throw a wrench into things as they come back with the White Sox at home starting on Tuesday. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a stretch of where they need to piece things together right here. Going up to Williamsport, I don't think it's going to matter too much into it because, I mean, you just got to go there and then do the game in Boston. And then that White Sox series is going to be important as well. The Orioles are now down to two and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Twins jumped them in the wild card race before the White Sox, or excuse me, before the Cubs game. And now they're sitting in a spot of where if they lose this game or lose some this series against Boston, they could be behind the White Sox. And if it goes the Red Sox way, could be behind the Red Sox and back to last place in the American mm. League East. Man, it's, it's that tight. It's, oh, yeah. Dude, it's 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 pretty tight right now in the wild card. So the top three spots right now, 65 and 54 Mariners, 63 and 54 race, 63 and 54 Blue Jays. Then the cutoff line is 
set after the Blue Jays. Last last team not to make it in. Minnesota Twins, 61 and 55. Then you got the Orioles, 61 and 57. White Sox, 61 and 58. Red Sox, 59 and 60. Well, here's their next couple of uh, uh, series here. So, of course, three-game set against the Red Sox starting tonight. Then starting Tuesday, three-game set against the White Sox. Then a three-game set against the Astros in Houston. Then they go all the way up to Cleveland for another three-game set. It's a tough couple of games coming up. Well, one thing to add to that, you're right. This is going to be 11 straight days with a game, by the way, by the end of this series uh, against the Red Sox. Haven't had an off day since the 10th, and they won't have one until Monday. But you're right. A, th- a three-game series against the White Sox and the three-game series against the Red Sox. If you lose four out of the six of those games for two teams that are just two and a half games behind you in the wild card race, all of a sudden you've gone from second team out to fourth team out. And it's not insurmountable, obviously, because you've still got 45 games of baseball left. But, you know, 45 games of baseball left, there's a big difference between five games out of the playoffs in the American League East, mind you, uh, and a half game or two games out. So you're dropping a game against the Cubs is just something, and it's not fair. You know, it's baseball. Yeah, the rain out, having to come back, taking your off day. Uh, but you'll know. We keep we kept saying we'll know a lot about this team if this happens. We'll know a lot about this team if they lose if they lose more than three of their next six games because while there's still a lot of season left, that would put them in a pretty precarious spot. Well, we also had a little football happening last night. Our boy Geno Smith making a little preseason debut. I thought he looked pretty good, all things considered. Uh, what was his 10 for 18 for 112 yards? Uh, what did you guys think? Were you able to catch up on that preseason game a little bit? He made some of the right throws. I think that's the biggest thing between him and Drew Locke is he's not going to make near as many mistakes. I don't love that Eason threw the ball significantly more than he did. What did he throw the ball 35 times? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was a bit concerning in terms of that timeshare. But I think the difference there is they know what they have in Geno. They don't know what they have in Jacob Eason. So they wanted to see Eason a little bit more. Obviously, he's going to be the start of week one now. I don't think anybody would disagree because Drew Locke's mm-hmm. going to miss time. He's COVID. He's out. He's not taking reps, whatever. Geno Smith's the safer option, but this isn't going to be a very good team. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker's banged up, so Rashad Penny's really their only go-to running back. Metcalf and Lockett are the only two other playmakers they have on that offensive side of the ball. The line's not any good. They have problems on defense. They need a quarterback that just for the sake of not getting embarrassed this year can keep the ball moving down the field in that West Coast style. And I think Geno Smith's the best player to put them in that position. You know, they'll try Drew Locke a couple of times to see if they have any value in him. They could flip him at the deadline and try to get, you know, a couple of draft picks out of it. But I think Geno will be the starter week one. He did enough to prove that he could start and be okay. And I really think that's all you can ask for him at uh, this point in his career. Yeah, and I think undisputably right now, I think Seattle is the worst team in football. I think they're the worst team in the NFL right now, just talent-wise. The quarterback situation is very up in the air. We love Geno Smith here, but it's he's he's just not in a spot right now to be a consistent NFL quarterback. He's he's solidified himself as a solid backup, and I think that's what the Seahawks are kind of planning out right now. You traded Russell Wilson for a reason. You got a bunch of assets back. You got a lot of great young talent. You got Noah Fant, who's a great young tight end, really physical guy. And you're looking to just take this year's a wash because if you look at it, the NFC West, that division is insanely tough, arguably the best in football right now. Your Super Bowl champion came out of there. The 49ers made it to the NFC Championship game last year. The Cardinals were the best team in football for the first half of last season. So you're just not in a spot right now. And Seattle had its worst season in years with Russell Wilson. And I think they made the correct decision to get him out of Seattle and get whatever you could out of him. Now you're in a spot of where I think you just take this season as a loss you roll out with Geno Man, Smith. After the first preseason game? <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I don't think the Seattle team is very talented at all. 
outside Ooh. outside of Metcalf and Lockett. And, and I would bet anything that one of those guys won't be on the roster by the end of the year. I could realistically see that. I could see them trading Tyler Lockett Damn. or getting rid of Tyler Lockett just to go somewhere else. I think they keep DK just because they extended him. I could see Tyler Lockett moving at some point. If, if someone really needs a receiver, I could see Tyler Lockett getting traded for like hmm. maybe a second or third round pick. But... Yeah, I just don't think the Seattle team is very talented. I think they're going to be strongly in consideration for maybe a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud come draft time in April. Well, Deshaun Watson, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, his suspension moved to 11 games at a $5 million fine. Uh, first game back will be against his former team, the Houston Texans. Uh, the plot thickens when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Uh, we were talking, me and you, Parker, a little bit yesterday um, about the backup situation and how you uh, were asking, you know, do you think they should go trade for somebody? Think they should stay with the backup? And I was like, no, you stay with who you got there. I mean, you're not going to go out and spend all that money just to, you know, move guys around like that. But uh, Deshaun Watson, I think, finally starting starting to get a punishment that is worthy of. Uh, the crime, I guess you could say, but what do you guys think? This is such a joke. The NFL, <laughs> they know what they're doing. Why everyone's like, why is it eleven games? Oh, it's the Texans. Oh, yep. great that they've just the ratings boost that they've given. Them, that's such a joke. It, it's it's what a what a what a, they're not even hiding it anymore. What a but you know what the punishment and it's not it's a slap in the wrist for what Deshaun Watson yep. did. Yeah. Okay, but the biggest punishment now is to Browns fans that get to watch Jacoby Brissett play eleven games. Uh, against the probably the toughest part of their schedule, those middle games, they're not going to trade for Jimmy G. Geno Smith would be interesting yeah. <laughs> uh, if they wanted to trade for Geno Smith. But it's going to be Jacoby Brissett. They're not going to be very good. Um, and then they, they get their must-see TV when Watson plays the, the Texans. And they get the must-see TV of him inheriting a Browns team that at that point in the season is probably going to be 4-7. and seven. Can he take them to the playoffs? And... <sighs> He shouldn't take another snap in the NFL. No. So, yeah. you know, the NFL, it, it almost worked out better to the NFL's advantage. I mean, of course it did because they set the suspension. It's a joke. Yeah. I, and then this was pointed out this morning. I was watching somebody talk about this, and this is very important to note. When this, before it was going on, before all this was going on, Watson was saying he didn't have any remorse for anything. He didn't do anything. Nothing was going on. When this suspension was getting ready to come down and things were getting to pick back up, what did he say? He said he felt remorseful for this whole situation and everything going on. He said he was sorry for putting people through all this. So we don't know. No one knows. No one knows outside of Watson, the Lord Almighty, and those women what all actually happened. And it, it's just such a peculiar situation. Like there's not what all is not being let out. And I just don't understand why this is all being hidden. Why? Why we could don't know? Because if Wat, if Watson did what he did, he should not play another snap in the NFL. No. It's absolutely disgusting. No. if that's the case. And again, you think about it too. If he if he would be innocent, which it I, at this point I feel like he's done at least some of that. It from as amount of there's been there, he's had to at least did a little bit of that. And I just I just don't know. I don't know if I feel comfortable with him playing football again. Just being guys have done a lot, lot less and gotten a lot worse and harsher punishments than yeah, Calvin uh, Ridley's just in shambles. Right <laughs> I know. Now. Shout Crazy. out Justin Blackman. Yeah. Well, let's uh, transition to professional baseball here while we got a chance because uh, Albert Pujols. Well, he hit a uh, moonshot for six ninety yesterday. Yeah, he did. He pinch hit in the third inning. Poor Brandon Donovan. It was uh, uh, six nothing bases loaded. Hits a grand slam uh, in front of the home fans at Bush Stadium. He's up to six ninety, like you said, ten away. He can leads, he do it? Does he have enough time? He leads baseball in batting average since the All Star game. Ooh. Like he's unreal right now. He's hit three seventy five. He is destroying left handed pitching. 
if the Cardinals let him play. Now, the biggest thing now is, obviously, he's not going to hit 300 for the rest of the year. He's going to slump again, and the Cardinals are fighting for a playoff spot. You know, they're not in a position where, oh, they're in the division. They're leading the division by 10 games so they can play him every day and let him go. Um, so that's when it becomes tri- tricky. When he starts to slump again, are the Cardinals going to be willing uh, to put him in the game? By the way, just mind-boggling. Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, Cardinal fans, they're combined 122 years old, the three of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pujols Jeez. hits a grand slam. <laughs> yeah. And he drives in five yeah. runs yesterday. Molina throws out two base yep. runners, and Adam Wainwright throws seven shutout innings. 40, 40, and 42 mm-hmm. years old. And it's just, it's, 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 it's fantastic. And it was, uh, Cardinal fans were destroying Jason Hayward when he was quoted <laughs> back in 2016 as saying, I left the Cardinals because they had an aging core. Mm-hmm. And that aging core is still just, aging. I, yeah, they're, yeah <laughs> they're in good shape. I, I went from, I don't think Pulse is going to do it, to now I think he will. I hope so. Well, talk about a, a uh, weapon to have as a pinch hitter. Oh, if he goodness, stays yeah. this hot as he did, as he has been, I mean, my goodness, having Albert Pujols coming out to hit a grand slam home run, are you kidding me? Like, how status quo does that sound? And then it, he, he said, it was quoted afterwards, he said he went to Brandon Donovan and apologized. Pinch hitting for him. <laughs> Brent, he's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, grand slam, right. fine, that's cool with me. Uh, but hey, Fernando Tatis, of course, he's suspended uh, a million games, I think, for uh, uh, being testing positive for PEDs. Uh, he's getting ready to meet with the Padres GMs. He's going to be talking to teammates, things like that. Apparently, Mike Clevenger, Manny Machado, not real happy with him. What's the latest on this old Tatis scandal? So, yeah, that's the uh, latest coming out of Padres camp is that Tatis is set to meet with the brass, with the Padres, to talk about everything going on, of course. Missed the first half of this season with that wrist injury from a motorcycling accident that the Padres didn't know about. <laughs> and then now with this this suspension coming out for the uh, PED use for Tatis has put a very sour mouth into what was, I would think, maybe the most popular player in baseball, which is really, sad, to, which is really sad to say. And yeah, there was clips of uh, ESPN got some clips of Mike Clevenger, a Padres pitcher, and Manny Machado, star third baseman for the Padres, talking about... Yeah, they're just disappointed with him. They said, "Yeah, we've we've gotten this far without him. So if if he comes back, great. If not, we're just going to keep doing how we're doing." And we've mentioned before here on the show, maybe this Juan Soto trade was for a reason. Yeah, maybe maybe they've maybe they're losing faith in Tatis as that guy to build around. And if they can't trust him, maybe they maybe they send him out before it's too late. As as sad as it is to see again, this is a young guy. He's only twenty three years old. So. He's got a little bit of maturing to do. Possibly, he's still a kid out there. At the end of the day, he's twenty three. So it's it. Tatis needs to find a way to pull it together here. Which he's if he pulls it together, he's the biggest star in baseball, I think. But and a guy I likened him to a little bit earlier is a lot like how Odell Beckham was in New York, kind of like that star mm-hmm. guy. But there's just other stuff at hand. Well, the front office had to have known that this was happening before the news broke, right? So they that Soto trade had to have been for Tatis. It had to have been. Yeah, to get him another star, that makes yeah. sense. I mean, I think they'd still make that trade even if they knew that Tatis wasn't going to be there because it's a long-term move to put the two of them around each other. But yeah, the organization knew what was up. Absolutely. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Uh, by the way, do you mind? Uh, I just came across one of the randomest things I've ever seen sure. from college football. Um, so big news yesterday coming out of Nebraska, Casey Thompson is going to be their starting quarterback. That story has been overshadowed by a Scott Frost quote uh, that Sam McEwen, who is a columnist out in Nebraska, uh, he he tweets, and this is from a little bit ago. 
Scott Frost is a head coach from Nebraska. Estimates that there are 15 to 20 total vomits per practice from offensive linemen under new position coach Donovan Rayola. Man, is that it, a good thing or bad? And the quote thing? is, "It's not because they're not in shape; he's just working them hard." Oh my gosh! <laughs> what? Starting your uh, starting your Friday morning out right here yeah. at Panhandle Sports Jeez Live. Louise. Well, I'm telling you, practices they seem to be well, maybe not that practice, but practices <laughs> nowadays seem to be a lot less intense than they were even when I was just playing football not too too long ago. I mean, music everywhere, people dancing around, jumping around. Like my goodness, I hated football practice. I wished football practiced away so fast. All I want to do is get to Friday and get the games in. But if they were as fun then as they are now, goodness, I'd have loved football practice. And you saw Mike Tomlin also got in the headlines yesterday. So was that legit? Is that headline legit? So I don't know about the fighting part. So it's reported as Mike Tomlin was driving to practice, saw some kids fighting, pulled over, and got one of those like skill ladders mm-hmm. that you give to wide receivers or whatever, and they were doing drills for him. I don't know if the fighting thing is true, but Mike Tomlin stopped yeah. in a group of kids and put them through a workout. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, we got to get to our last break of the hour here. Stick around. When we come back. We'll be talking uh, a little Parker's picks, taking the end of the weekend, and, well, who knows, some other stuff. Stick around for more Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And Parker, let's get right into it with your picks for us on a Friday going into the weekend. We got. All right. So for today's picks, yesterday was a, as I mentioned before earlier in the show, a little rough go of it for Parker's picks yesterday. We had a solid over three outing. So, and that's baseball sometimes at the end of the day. Bet at your own risk is the best advice I can give you. Now for today, I am liking the Twins over the Rangers. The or yeah, the Twins over the Rangers. I'm so the Royals. But yeah. yeah, the Twins looking good. They're fighting for a playoff spot. The Rangers are going through a little bit of turmoil right now. They just fired their their manager. They paid two guys five hundred million dollars to be middling in the AL. So. Mm-hmm. I'm liking the Twins today. That's my lock of the day. Also, I like Rays over the Royals as well. You got Shane McClanahan pitching for the Rays as they're going to try and lock in themselves into a wild card spot. And lastly, although they got upset yesterday, I'm going Padres over the Nationals for my two bonus picks of the day. Now, again, lock of the day, Twins over the Rangers. And if you are feeling risky, take that O spread, plus one and a half against the Red Sox. Ooh, all right. I'm cool with that. We'll check you on Monday. Well, and now we got the whiteboard. Gonna see a lot of zeros on that whiteboard. Too in many the, zeros, I like, and not in the right columns either. Not in the right columns. But we'll keep uh, we'll keep you honest on some of those. And there were some pretty big uh, money moves uh, around football, or well, yeah, football yesterday. When there, Luke? Yes, there were. Uh, after uh, a long delay, the Big Ten finally yeah. nailed down their yeah. media rights contract. Uh, moving away from ESPN and settling for just a, a, a middling billion dollars a year. Seven years, $7 billion, and someone put it like this, you that is the one, two, three, four, fifth most profitable television contract in all of sports. Not college football, for the big not the United States, all of sports. The NFL is number one, the Premier League's two, the MLB is four, the NBA is three, right amount of order, and then the Big Ten is significantly more profitable than the NHL. The and NHL the is $625 million a year. The SEC is just about $600 million a year. The Big Ten, now $1 billion. Wow. Year. And I guess that covers all wow. sports, right? Yeah. That money Man. And, and a large chunk of that money is going to Rutgers. Yeah. Do with that information what you will. Huh. 
Very Shout out the Scarlet Knights. Shout out the Scarlet Knights. Well, that helps Maryland with their TV coverage. Maybe I can watch a couple more Maryland games now. It does. It does. Nice. And in, in the meantime, and I love the, the 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 comparisons that would be drawn around college football because the Big Twelve media deal is coming up here in a little bit, and they're wondering if this is going to set the standard. It's an arms race now. So, so they, yeah. someone sent out a tweet that was, "Meanwhile, in the Big 12. Oh my gosh, I love this. The the Bajan Robinson uh, has, is, is sponsoring his own <laughs> brand of mustard that you can buy in stores with a cartoon picture of his face, and it's Bajan. Mustardson, and the quote is, <laughs> it's like a touchdown in your mouth. Look at that. Mm. Gotta love it. Makes me uh, hungry just thinking about that. Also, uh, Sonic Hard Seltzer is now the official Hard Seltzer. Of the Sonic <laughs> And, uh, of course, the, 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 the other one that we will touch on as much is, of course, Oklahoma quarterback General Booty is also <laughs> now selling merchandise. Um, so we've got My General God. Booty merchandise, Bajan Robinson mustard, a Sonic and so- Sonic being the official sponsor of <laughs> in the Hard meantime, Seltzer. In the meantime, the Big Ten has signed a billion-dollar TV. These capture. NIL deals are getting great, by oh, the don't way. Forget, Some uh, of these videos and stuff coming out oh, that the, these kids are doing sponsorships for oh, are hilarious. Oh, don't forget Mike Gundy doing uh, one-handed push-ups at Oklahoma <laughs> State Media Day, too. So it's the Big 12 is doing Big 12 things, apparently, right man, now. College football season is here, and it's already crazy, man. <laughs> it is already crazy. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this year. And I think with these NIL deals, it's making, you know, these teams a lot more uh, I don't know, noticeable out on social media. So a lot of their, you yeah. know, Twitter pages and their TikToks. I've been like coming across that West Virginia's TikTok. I think I I might as well just follow it at this point with the amount of things I see. They're always doing, you know, stuff with the players and things. You get to kind of peek behind the curtain and it's real it's real easy to forget that these college kids are college kids. And that they, you know, are still trying to mess around and they like play jokes with one another. And I think that's a cool thing about these NIL things is that you're actually seeing a little bit of their personality, you know, peeking through. Well, it's funny you bring that up. I believe it was Jordan Jefferson. I had a class with the WVU. It was in the SCP building. And this is before, right before NIL really kicked off and things like that. And he was begging me to give him extra Chick-fil-A nuggets because he hadn't eaten that day. Yeah. He was like, next time you come to class, bring me some. And I was like, oh, I'll do that. And then I'm thinking, am I going to get him in trouble with the NCAA? I ended up not doing it. I felt bad. You, uh, didn't, get him, you didn't get him those extra Chick nuggets. That, there's a part of me that was like, I'm going to wow. end up on Sports Center. Yeah. You know, like you give a guy a pencil and you're Luke not supposed Wiggs, to. Luke's wig. Luke Athletic Wiggs booster, Luke Wiggs. Yeah, goes to jail for 40 years for giving player chicken nugget. Chicken nuggets, essentially. <laughs> the next Miami scandal right here. But, man, you think about it. I mean, I was into the NIL stuff as soon as it came out because the amount of money that these kids, you know, get these teams um, and they weren't getting any of it was pretty incredible. But, yeah, and, and yeah. West Virginia's doing well with it. You know, there's not a lot of Fortune 500 companies in Morgantown, West Virginia, but pepperoni rolls, car dealerships, man, they're, they're having a blast. They're getting these guys paid. Heck, yeah. Well, goodness. I think that just about does it for us here on this uh, Friday. You guys got anything else as we have a few seconds? You know, I found out something crazy yesterday. You know, uh, you guys remember like Rey Mysterio used to jump out of like the stage when he came up into the ring and stuff? Yeah. Apparently, Garth Brooks is how they got the inspiration for that. Really? Never knew that. Saw a video on it today. One of the craziest things I ever saw. Hmm. And make sure you keep up to date today over at EP News Network on Twitter. Luke will be out at the Martinsburg Bridgeport Soccer Games. Go check that out. Uh, and have a great weekend. For If you missed any of the show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on our Panhandle News Network Facebook page. For Parker and Luke, I'm Jordan. This has been Panhandle Sports Live. Panhandle Live is next. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.